Welcome to Heels in the Courtroom, a podcast about successfully navigating law and life, featuring the women trial attorneys at the Simon Law Firm. Welcome back to another episode of Heels in the Courtroom. My name is Elizabeth McNulty. Today I'm here with Amy, Megan, Erica, and Liz. In our other episodes, we focus a lot here on how women help each other and we're in community together. But today I want to kind of switch gears a little bit and talk about how men can help too. Because if we want to get to where we want to go, we're going to need some help, I think. That famous Ruth Bader Ginsburg quote, you know, when asked when there would be enough women on the Supreme Court, she said, when there are nine. So we're not there yet. So when there's a room full of men, we need some of them to act as allies to think of issues that women face and to speak out against inequality. So today we're hopeful to give some tips to any of our male listeners out there and even to our female listeners on how they can maybe give tips to their male colleagues and how they can act as allies in the workplace. So I've got a little story. I have a friend who is a professional in an insurance company, and she works with a lot of men, but there was a women's group. They did like a luncheon, and they had only male presenters, and they talked about how we can all be more understanding. So it was men on the panel talking to women about how they can be more understanding. Is that my insurance company? Because I'm getting ready to cancel them. No. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I just want to clarify. When they say they can be more understanding, meaning men can be more understanding or the women in the audience should be more understanding? It was just a general we. I, I don't know. And mm. of what? Understanding of what? Just in general. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, less harsh. We're all more offended. understanding. <laughs> right. So that isn't it. That's not what we're looking for here. I, I think that it's pretty fair to say that that's just like a lot of mansplaining. So while I appreciate maybe the sentiment, that's kind of not where we would hope to go with that. And I think that kind of one problem that we might face, especially in the legal community, is some men just are unaware of the problems that women face because, you know, oh, well, law schools are 50 percent women, maybe more than that. So what do you guys have to complain about? But out in the actual real world, it's kind of a man's world that we live in. So there's certainly problems. And I think that kind of where we can begin is the men need to listen a little bit more and amplify those voices around them when they're not being heard, because I think that that's kind of an issue, especially, you know, it's happened to me, I'm sure it's happened to everyone in this room, where you give an idea, and then your male colleague says the same thing, and they're listened to and not you. I can't tell you how frustrating that is, and the only thing to do is not to do that. So listen more, and maybe you can say, hey, Liz, that was a great idea. Did everyone hear Liz's idea? And that's kind of how you can amplify their voices. Can I ask a question? Sure. And I don't want to turn this into my therapy session, but I'd be happy to get anyone's advice. I find, by and large, the personalities of men that I get along with in my personal life are the same personalities I gravitate towards in my professional life. If it's the type of guy I don't like, you know, that personality or, I mean, toxic masculinity you can see 10 miles away, I'm not going to get along with them professionally either. And I think I've had trouble kind of distinguishing that, like, we have trouble communicating 
And I always get stuck, like, is that a gender issue? And then I think, no, because there's someone who is their colleague who I really get along with and is the type of person that, you know, I like in my personal life, too. And I just don't know how to distinguish, like, what to do about that and how to get along better. We can't assume that all men are enemies. Maybe not that popular of a pronouncement, but I do think there's something to, if we assume everyone we see who's a man in this profession is either against us or at least has no desire to see us succeed in any way or is, at least, or is neutral, then we're not giving people an opportunity to be helpful and putting them on the defensive. So I started out at a firm. My colleague and I, this was a, year, a number of years ago, my colleague and I from law school were the like 18th and 19th lawyer joining that firm with one other woman who was like a part-time at 10 years older or whatever. So we basically the only women at the firm. And that wasn't unusual in the mid-90s. That was not unusual. I did not approach it as them against us. I found lawyers who were interested in, in working with other hardworking lawyers, men or women. I found a very important sponsor. That's the phrase that we're using these days, a sponsor, mentor, whatever, who as far as I could tell, treated me exactly like he treated the other male new associates in the firm. Now, maybe I was being naive that I didn't see any gender issues at the time. I think I was so damn busy working hard that I didn't see it. But as I travel through my career, I do see more instances of it. And maybe it's even more so, and maybe it's more so because there are more women in the profession. And I struggle with the notion of where are we? You've heard me say that before. Where are we? I was 50% women in my 1996 class, law school class. Where are we? There's only 15% of the plaintiff trial bars women. But your perspective is important. If you look at everyone standing in your way as an enemy, you're probably missing an opportunity. They might just be standing there, minding their own business, and happen to be a man. Perhaps giving those in, ahead of us the benefit of the doubt until proven otherwise could be useful. And, and I'm not saying that there's not gender bias, and I'm not saying there, isn't, there aren't people who are actively working against women succeeding in our profession. But if we presume that, we can't expect people not to be defensive. When I think about all of my colleagues professionally that I interact with, for every like bad apple, I can think of an example of someone who's really helped me. And so it's just kind of like, what's that dichotomy? Is it me? Is it them? I want to think it's them. <laughs> it probably was. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's just a struggle sometimes. Like, why do I get along with this one male superior and not the other? And why does that person seem like... You know, they might be exploiting your position as a young woman attorney or whatever it is, whereas that other person absolutely would never. And maybe that's the 
kind of the crux to being an ally if you want to change the makeup and the diversity that you see and that you practice around as a male attorney. It just seems so ingrained in the people that I've interacted with who are good at it. Most of the time, even if we do see what we perceive to be gender bias or what really is gender bias, we're smart enough to start seeing it, and hopefully we're lucky enough to start doing something about it. And unfortunately, a lot of times that means switching firms, right? That means not sticking it out because you've tried, and heaven forbid that you point something out to somebody, and now you're labeled as a troublemaker, a problem employee. So you just get out and go somewhere where it's more welcoming or you don't feel that oppression And that just really bothers me. I look around at law firms that don't have that many women in leadership, and I think, what a waste. What a wasted opportunity not to have women's ability to reach clients differently, ability to reach jurors differently. I just kind of feel sorry for those firms for some reason, whether they've chosen not to keep women or chosen not to hire women I think they're missing out, and I'm kind of happy about it because I know that I believe a firm like ours is much more competitive for clients and business and leadership and organizations, and you name whatever you want to be successful at. I think a firm like ours and many firms like ours who do value diversity, that starts with having men believe that and promote that. I've noticed in interesting phenomenon in my practice so far in that at both the firms that I've been at, I have been surrounded by male colleagues who are very supportive, really good allies, I think. When I come into contact with males who are a little bit more disparaging or don't seem to be allies for female attorneys, particularly young female attorneys, it's always been on the opposite side of the V not someone who's my colleague. I've always felt supported, especially in this firm. I work very closely with a male attorney, and I always feel that he really values me and he makes it known to our clients or opposing counsel that I'm a valued member of the team. And I really experienced that at my last firm too, but I wonder if my experience speaks to maybe a pattern or something that males act differently when it's a woman that they're in contention with as opposed to someone that they're working with and value their input as a colleague. And there's something, maybe it's an insecurity or or what have you. It seems that attitudes are different when you're in a more contentious or hostile environment on the opposite side of an argument as a male. Maybe like there's more entitlement to act out a little bit in that kind of gender bias type of way. Yeah, and I think that it's already so adversarial that, like, it just kind of highlights it. And, like, Mm -hmm. maybe you take something a little bit more personally than you normally would. So I do think it takes a little bit of self-reflection and to not read into everything that someone says when you're in an argument like that. One thing that I think is important to think about when we're talking about the culture of firms, when I was starting out as a new attorney, I had this weird situation where – The environment that I was in was, I mean, it felt like a frat house most days. And it wasn't a very good environment, kind of toxic. But I was also being treated fairly for my work. 
So like I was earning better work by merit. So I was competing with the men that were my same level and doing well in that regard, but it was still a tough environment for a woman to be in. So it was kind of strange because I wasn't treated differently in regard to the assignments, but it was a hard place to be working for a woman in general. So it was really a culture problem as opposed to a problem promoting women or giving them a good amount of responsibility because you could easily earn that in the structure that was set up at the firm. I understand the the vibe that you're talking about and reflecting on my first experience and just some of the comments that would be made that aren't necessarily on their face sexist. It's not like women are dumb or women don't work as hard or women aren't as good of attorneys, but the sort of almost more insidious because it's not blatant on its face, but you know what the the tone of the, the statement is and you know what they're really implying and what they're getting at and a feeling that you don't belong there. And I think about specifically the talk we had at this firm about maternity leave and how the firm approached maternity leave. And, and they tried to make it sound like it was a really fair, equitable way that they were providing this benefit to their employees and it really wasn't but but the way that they approached it of we're being so benevolent because we're giving you this I'm thinking but that that you're not really supporting working moms and I could see within my start class the number of women we were pretty evenly divided but then when I look at senior associates and then when I look at the partners I'm thinking where did all the women go right there's That's a reason absolutely the problem yeah there's a reason my start class is half women but half of us or most of us aren't going to be here by the time it comes for promotions. That is something I can't help but notice. And, and I know we all experience that when we walk into a room and if we're the only woman present, I'm thinking something's wrong here. There's a reason there are no women here. It's an immediate just gut feeling you get of, okay, maybe I'm walking into enemy territory, even if we are on the same side. But what I think it ultimately comes down to is, like you said, Amy, I want to give men the benefit of the doubt. I don't want to assume that anyone, even though my gut may be telling me one thing, I want to assume the best of people until they give me a reason to know better, right? And I think of this one story in particular. It was a couple years ago, I had volunteered to be a judge for a mock trial competition. It was, I think, high school or maybe college students, I can't remember. But I was paired with a much older male attorney. This must have been in... 2016 or 2017, and, and I'll explain why. But I was paired with a much older male attorney who had never participated in mock trial, never coached mock trial, never judged mock trial. He did not know anything about mock trial other than he signed up so he could get some CLE credits. I have done mock trial. I did it in college. I did it in law school. And I had previously judged competitions before. So I had a pretty good understanding of, of how this worked. And we get up there and one of us needs to be the presiding judge and the other person needs to just sort of be the, the second judge for scorekeeping purposes. And he gets up there and goes, I'll be presiding judge. And I'm like, that's very confident of you for someone who's never done this before, but it's all right. Go ahead. Go up there. Sit in the judge's chair. Feel special. <laughs> and I sat off to the side in the clerk's chair and I took my notes and we get done with the trial and now it's our opportunity to give comments to the students. And again, very confidently, he starts giving his comments. And they're not really much help. He gives very vague comments. Again, because it's clear he's never done this before. He doesn't know what kind of feedback to give. So I let him go on his, his speech. 
And then I proceed to give my comments. And I give very clear comments because I, again, have done this before. I know what kind of comments to give. He interrupted me no fewer than a dozen times because he realized, oh, that's what I'm supposed to be saying. At no point did he think maybe I'll let her be the judge or maybe I'll let her go first since she's done this before. Instead, he realized his error and just took the opportunity to continually interrupt me. And I let him do it. I think now, looking back on it, I probably would have stopped and said, hey, you know what? It would be easier if you let me get through my comments and then you can start talking. But I let him I let him go and interrupt me. And at the end of the competition, I was walking out and one of the coaches for one of the teams, it was a man, a male attorney, I think he's from Tennessee, he runs up and he and he kind of grabs my shoulder and he's like, hey, I just, I just, I got a question for you. He's like, I just got to know, how do you deal with it? How do you deal with, with men interrupting you? And I was like, what? He goes, I've been doing this a long time and I never really noticed how much we interrupt you guys, you guys, <laughs> until the presidential debate, until I watched how often Donald Trump interrupted Hillary Clinton. I'm sitting there thinking, oh my God, let her talk. And then it sort of hit me of, oh, we do this all the time. We interrupt women all the time. And, and it was that moment of clarity for him that carried on well after those debates of now he notices every time a man interrupts a woman. And it's something he had never really picked up on before. And I was like, yeah, you'd be surprised by how often we just deal with it because what else are we supposed to do? And so I think going back to assuming the best from people, sometimes you have good men who want to be allies, but they just don't know any better and they don't know what to watch out for and they don't know how to respond. And so that's why things like diversity and inclusion trainings are so important and why making sure you have women at the table or in the courtroom or on your team so you can have those voices and you're aware of what we're experiencing and what benefit we can bring to the team, you're never going to know that un unless you're aware that we're absent. You've never had the floor more than talking about being interrupted. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, I want to add. Nope. Nope. Not right now. Not right now. <laughs> I would have let it slide for you, Erica. Thanks, Liz. And I think that that brings up a great point, but it's not just enough to just be aware of the problem. You have to take an extra step to know when it's time to upset the status quo and maybe call out your other male colleague that has maybe made a sexist remark or maybe you're on some kind of board that comes up with policies for your company and you need to make sure that either there's a woman in the room or you're taking into consideration how those policies can be equitable for everyone. Another thing that I was thinking about when preparing for this podcast was men at women's events, like involved in women's groups. What are your thoughts on it? How do you feel about it? I don't necessarily think that they need to be in leadership, but does it bother you when they're present? Because, I mean, that is a form of allyship. So are there any thoughts on that? Are they paying dues? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think I can repeat my sentiment from before for every male who participates in women's groups who does it well, I can think of one that doesn't. So I think it's the difference between when it feels forced and when it feels genuine. In Missouri, one of our Supreme Court judges who has unfortunately passed away used to go to every single bar association event, whether it was women's groups, the Asian Pacific Islander group, I mean, every minority group, the Black Lawyers Association, every group he participated in. And he was a 
good sort of their issues. And he took the experience of always participating in those minority bar association groups and really incorporated it into how he participated in the Supreme Court and how he interacted with other lawyers. So that's a great example. And it's Judge Titleman. That's a great example of someone who is doing that well and really carried all of the information that he was privy to and the issues he was privy to into his practice. And, you know, I can think of one or two where it's always just felt completely forced and kind of like, what are you doing here? (laughs) I think it's problematic when they think that showing up at the meeting is all they have to do. And they're just waving it like a, a flag of, look, I went to this meeting. I'm such a feminist. But they don't really go the extra step to implement what they learned. Well, and maybe wait for an invitation. Or asked to be invited by one of the members. And maybe that's the right way if you would like to participate as an ally. Or maybe you are someone in a position of power who wants to have a better understanding of, you know, women's issues or things that they're facing in practice. You can also listen to our podcast. (laughs) Right. Especially this episode. We'll disseminate it to all the male heads of firms in St. Louis. Excellent idea. I'm thinking about going to those events if you're a man. And I think that One really important tip is that you need to respect the space that you're in and know that it's not an opportunity for you to voice how you see these issues, but it's really an opportunity to learn and understand and ask how you can make these things better or what you can do to kind of amplify whatever message is being put into those groups. Because unfortunately, I think that a lot of our male colleagues might just be kind of ignorant of the issues that we face or just they don't want to feel the guilt that they might contribute to them in some sort of way. And the first step is kind of listening and understanding how our day-to-day differs from theirs just because, you know, we are women and they're men. Very well said. Thank you. The next thing I wanted to talk about was mentorship. And I think that this is a great opportunity for any male professional that might be listening that you can take a female that shows a lot of promise or even one that doesn't and kind of take her under your wing and mentor her. I have a male mentor in my life and I have certainly learned quite a bit from him. And I think that I've also taught him a lot about how my professional life might differ from his just because I'm a female attorney and he's a male attorney. So I think that that's another way we can bring more women to the table, or at least if you have a seat at the table, you can at least bring an understanding of what she might be going through to the table. If I could add a caveat to that, because I believe mentorship is crucial, but the way it's being talked about now, at least within corporations and professional industries, is it's a move away from using the term mentorship and more towards the term that Amy used earlier, which is sponsorship. And I recently Googled, well, what's the difference? They sound so similar. And really, when you look at the definition difference, I think this is important. Mentorship is someone who gives you advice, cheers you on in your career, and is someone that you can go to when you have an issue and you need help with the resolution and the answer. Sponsorship is a much more active role within that sponsee's career, meaning that not only are you giving the advice and being their cheerleader and being their sounding board, but you are actively helping to promote them in whatever career or business development they're hoping to achieve. And so that's things like making sure that they get to, in our case, second chair trial, bringing them to trial, bringing them to meet the clients, making sure that they get their name out there. And that can be through avenues like co-authoring an article. And Amy, I know we've done this multiple times where 
where you've been asked to write an article and you ask me to help you so that my name gets to go on the article. So now I get my name out there and I start to look like a subject matter expert or giving presentations. And every year, the Simon Law Firm hosts the seminar to benefit legal services. And it's been a big push to make sure that there is always equal or close to equal female representation among the speakers. And Amy, that is a credit to you. You saw me point to myself (laughs) because even in some place like our firm, which is, I think, very open and full of sponsors, particularly in John, but it's just not always top of mind. It's just not always top of mind to offer the opportunity to women. I am adamant that any organization I'm involved in, if we have seminars or presentations or panels, women are not going to be an afterthought. We're going to be a large part of that presentation. I'm thinking about a presentation I watched a couple years ago where there were more men that had the same name than there were women presenting. (laughs) (laughs) And I couldn't help but notice. Hey, John. There there are four Johns or four Geralds or whatever their name were. And there were only two women up there. I was thinking, (laughs) well, that doesn't look right. Who put this together? But it's something that we notice. And so I think that that has been, and again, Amy, that's a credit to you and, and the influence and the support you have for promoting women, making sure that we put women on the stage and give them an opportunity, again, to be subject matter experts. I can't stress this enough. It is not enough to ask a woman to just go up there and talk about being a woman. Right. Like you have to give them an opportunity to actually develop their craft and their business and prove themselves as experts and professionals. And so sponsorship, I think, is so, so, so important. And that is the move that we need to be making. And if you are a male head of your firm and you're thinking, how can I support my younger female associates or make sure I foster an environment that makes them feel supported, implement a sponsorship program and make sure that they have people, older attorneys who are actively working to develop and help their careers. And I would just add to that, it doesn't take a woman in the room to say that there should be women on the panel. You know, luckily we have Amy, but it it shouldn't take that. There should be some thought into that. You'd just be so surprised. And it's not intentional. It's not intentional. We're not saying that someone intentionally left women off. It's just a matter of being aware of it, being educated on it, and wanting to play an active role in fixing it. While we're on the subject of male allies, we would be remiss not to mention someone who has been an integral part of the Heels in the Courtroom team, and that is Wyatt, our sound engineer. He makes sure that every week we're able to bring you this podcast, and he deals with us as we're trying to brainstorm on the spot about what we want to talk about and sometimes go on our rants and and he edits everything to make sure that we sound good and can come through clear to all of you. So thank you to one of our favorite male allies, Wyatt. Snaps to Wyatt. Super comfortable being the only male in the room. (laughs) Thank you all for joining us in another episode of Heels in the Courtroom. We all really appreciate and I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Our episode drop every Wednesday. We will see you next week. Amy, Liz, Erica, Mary, Elizabeth, and Megan would love to hear from you. Send your thoughts to comments at heelsinthecourtroom.law and check out other legal podcasts in the Simon Law Firm Library. The Jury is Out with John Simon focuses on lifelong learning to elevate your practice. Subscribe today. Subscribe today.